Welcome to Intentionally Mouthy, a lifestyle podcast on sass, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, hosted by Annie Paul Murphy. Annie is a naturalized U.S. citizen, originally from Colombia, on a mission to show the world the Hispanic conservative millennial point of view. Join the sassy and sometimes politically incorrect Latina as she explores unconventional ideas and introduces you to new and neat hat means all over. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Intentionally Mouthy. Wow, did you hear about this? It's from 2017, but I didn't find out about it until my husband Chris and I watched an old episode of Flatter with Crowder on YouTube and we were astounded. According to a site called The College Fix, students in a sociology class at San Diego State University would earn extra credit if they took a quiz to determine their level of quote-unquote white privilege. Professor Day Elliott offered that option to our sociology class students. Her um, white privilege checklist includes 20 questions that aim to supposedly illustrate that Quote, racial privilege is one of is one form of privilege, unquote. So I naturally, I wanted to take the quiz because even though it won't grant me any sort of extra credit, it'll allow me to show you pretty much how the, how the left is plagued by uh, ridiculousness and tomfoolery. But before we go over this quiz, I want to tell you more about brainwasher, I'm sorry, Professor Elliot. San Diego State's LGBTQ plus, don't forget about the plus, studies website states that Dr. Elliot specializes in gender sexuality, religion, and research methods, is the co-founder of the South Bay Alliance, a nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a network between LGBTQ plus, again, don't forget about the plus, and friends in the South Bay area for business, political, and social purposes. She's also chaired the uh, South Bay Alliance Executive Committee from 2006 to 2018, organizing the South Bay Pride annual celebration and year-long community outreach, and has also published the books Cookbook Statistics and Marriage, a Historical Perspective. In a nutshell, Dr. Elliot is all about exclusion and self-discrimination. Yay! As for her performance as an educator... According to a popular professor rating website, she's fairly easy. That's what she said. I mean, her classes are very easy, and she offers plenty of extra credit. Because we all know snowflakes need both safe spaces and easy classes, right? Moving right along. Oh yes, the quiz. Let's get started, shall we? Keep in mind, I was born and raised in Colombia. And my entire family, as far back as we know, is Colombian. However, when my parents and I moved to the USA, we sought to assimilate, live in a predominantly Caucasian neighborhood, and begin speaking English outside the home, instead of grouping ourselves with other Hispanics, because we wanted to form part of the fabric of America as a whole, not some kind of like, like little Colombia or little Latin America or some ghetto. Now, the following quiz has... Uh, this intro. 
Becky McIntosh, Associate Director of the Wellesley College Center for Research on Women, describes white privilege as quote an invisible package of unearned assets, which I can count on cashing in each day, but about which I was meant to remain oblivious. White privilege is like an invisible weightless knapsack of special provisions, maps, passports, code books, visas, clothes, tools, and blank checks and quote, Macintosh, 1989. So that was the intro to this exercise. It's weird how this professor chooses a no longer relevant quote from 1989 on white privilege. I mean, it's a 30-year quote for crying out loud. Uh, it's funny how she chooses that, despite all the current claims against Ivy League universities for discriminating against whites and other situations where Caucasians, both men and women, are placed below ethnic-looking individuals. But I digress. Here are the instructions for the quiz. The following are examples of ways white individuals have privilege because they are white. Please read the list and place a check next to the privileges that apply to you or that you have encountered. At the end, try to list at least two more ways you have privilege based on your race. I invite you all to take this quiz with me. If you're not hands-free at the moment, no worries. You're welcome to come back and later take it with me or take it on your own as I listed the questions on the show notes available at podcast.anniesetso.com. Let's do this. Oh, by the way, it's 20 questions long and they'll go by rather quickly. 1. I can arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time. Yeah, sure. When my parents come over, it's three Hispanics to one Caucasian, my husband. At school and elsewhere, I was always either the only Hispanic person or one of a few. And I loved it because that's what we came here for. I'm fine with not being part of the majority. 2. I can go shopping alone most of the time, pretty well assured that I will not be followed or harassed. As far as I know, yes. Depends on what part of town I am, though. There are unsafe parts of town, of this town, where I don't want to be by myself regardless of the setting or the time of day. Just like pretty much every town. 3. I can turn on the television or open to the front page of the paper and see people of my race widely represented. No, I'm not bombarded with Spanish language media or coverage about Hispanics because I don't choose to be. That's not the kind of media that's ever interested me, so I don't pick stuff about Hispanics to hit me first and foremost. On the other hand, on the few occasions that I do hear about Hispanics, it's because of some crime or two of them have committed lately. So there's that. Uh, and then sometimes I also, you know, whatever, I choose to listen to music by uh, Shakira and other influential Colombian artists who have segued really well into music in English and Actually, for the record, vintage Shakira is much better than new Shakira. You should look her up. You know, 20 plus years ago, that's the kind of music that I like to listen to. 4. When I am told about our national heritage or about civilization, I am shown that people of my color made it what it is. Not really. I rarely hear about the impact that Hispanics have had on the U.S. history, including all the weapons and gold they donated to the numerous wars. 5. I can be sure that my children will be given curricular materials that testify to the existence of the race. Well, I'll be speaking Spanish to them and I'll be homeschooling them, so yes. 6. I can go into a music shop and count on finding the music of my race represented, into a supermarket and find the food I grew up with, into a hairdresser shop and find someone who can deal with my hair. Okay, the music shop. I don't care. I don't seek out that music anyway. 
90s boy bands and Britney for me. But then there's also, of course, vintage Shakira and Juanes and all of the other music I grew up with. I don't really seek that at a store. I go online for it. Supermarket. Yes, some of the foods, but this is in Colombia. So I would be crazy to expect all of the things I grew up with at a typical supermarket here. Even though you guys seriously are missing out. And about the hairdresser? Yes, my hair is normal. 7. Whether I use checks, credit cards, or cash, I can count on my skin color not to work against the appearance of financial responsibility. Um, yes, sure. 8. I am not made acutely aware that my shape, bearing, or body odor will be taken as a reflection of my race. Wait, what? Um, yes, I am not made aware of any of that. I guess Hispanics can put a check next to this determining factor of white privilege? 9. I can worry about racism without being seen as self-interested or self-seeking. Yes, because I don't worry about racism. 10. I can take a job or enroll in a college with an affirmative action policy without having my co-workers or peers assume I got it because of my race. If they ever assumed it, they would be proven wrong very quickly as I was on scholarship throughout my entire college career because of my grades and GPA. As for work, most people never even knew I was from another country. But this reminds me of an interesting point. Sometimes I wonder if those who are more Hispanic than me were actually better able at getting some opportunities. Guess I'll never know. 11. I can be late to a meeting without having lateness reflect on my race. Yes, because it's those who lack manners that are late in this country. 12. I can choose public accommodation without fearing that people of my race cannot get and or will be mistreated. I'd get on public transportation just fine during my college years and all would be fine and dandy, so sure. 13. I am never asked to speak for all the people of my racial group. No, I mean yes, I'm never asked because why again? Not that I wouldn't do it. But they may not ask me specifically because I'm against illegal immigration and the minority who supports illegal immigration happens to be more vocal around this country. 14. I can be pretty sure that if I ask to talk with a person in charge, I will be facing a person of my race. You'd be surprised, actually. I've encountered many Hispanics when I want to escalate an issue. 15. If a traffic cop pulls me over or if the IRS audits my tax return, I can be sure I haven't been singled out because of my race. Yup. Positive. 16. I can easily buy posters, postcards, picture books, greeting cards, dolls, toys, and children's magazines featuring people of my race. Actually, yes. 17. I can choose blemish cover or bandages in flesh color and have them more or less match my skin. Yep, though I didn't know people cared whether their flesh-colored bandages matched their skin color. That's not white privilege, that's first world privilege. You know, first world problems. 18. I can do well in a challenging situation without being called a credit to my race. Yes, always. Though one time I was in middle school and our teacher admonished everyone else but me for not getting something right that the girl who's not even from here cared to study for or something like that. I took it as a compliment, actually. 19. I can walk into a classroom and know I will not be the only member of my race. Yes, sure. Although I prefer it when I am. I'm a damn good ambassador for Hispanics and Colombians. 
When I was a kid, I was enrolled in adult English learning classes in Colombia, and I didn't complain that I was the only kid or that the adults had adult privilege. 20. I can enroll in a class at college and be sure that the majority of my professors will be of my race. <laughs> no, and I too prefer it this way. Many Hispanics who make it into teaching or government positions have such pathetic woe is me and La Raza mentality that I'm glad I didn't come across many of them in college. Okay, well, that was the last question. So all in all, I got 17 check marks or yeses, which means I have, what, 85% white privilege, 17 out of 20. According to the professor, this, uh, this higher score means I have a higher level of privilege. Even though I'm Hispanic and not Caucasian. Now, when I told my husband about it, he said, but you're not white. Exactly, I replied. This goes to show how completely pointless this so-called test actually is. I mean, who is this professor kidding? I don't think she expected a Hispanic to have nearly 90% white privilege, but alas, she does so. Take that. I guess I'd have 100% er, white privilege if I still lived in Colombia, surrounded by fellow Colombians and Colombian media and food and everything. But yeah, since I don't self-discriminate, limit that I'm from Latin America or live in a ghetto, I am able to successfully reap the benefits of white privilege, if you can even call it that when you're Hispanic. Now, the bottom part of the quiz asks what other kinds of privilege there are. I mean, you can see I'm a cynic when it comes to this because I believe white privilege is a made-up subjective concept for explaining random events. So forgive me in advance for not taking this so seriously because I am not a victim. However, let's give this lady the benefit of the doubt and discuss other forms of so-called privilege, I guess. When I choose to watch three random new shows on Netflix and one after the other all feature a character either smoking weed or vaping within the first few minutes, that's drug privilege and I don't support it, so I stop watching them. It was literally like the first episode within the first few minutes of each one, so no thanks. When I come across a mom breastfeeding without a cover either on the street or in pictures I had no option but to see because she was placed right there without my consent, that's boob privilege. Boob privilege and I don't support it. I think it's disrespectful and inconsiderate because not everyone wants to see your privates, which I guess makes me a weirdo, but whatever. When I see fat women almost worship their roles in this country while eating donuts and cakes when they couldn't dream of doing that in Colombia, that's fat privilege. I think it's odd when they demand others to worship them the same way and say that those who don't are fat shaming them when we're not. We just know what's healthy. By the way, you should look up a video of um, Steven Crowder going off about fat shaming and it's hilarious and he nails it. You see, there are many other kinds of so-called privilege and my relatively silly examples only go to show how much of a non-issue this is. Now to go back to the test, students also had to answer a series of questions such as could, were you surprised by your score, or did it confirm what you already knew? Why is privilege normally invisible and what does it feel like to make it visible? Do you think this exercise is different for white students than for students of color? For black students than for Asian, Indian, Latino students, or other students of color? Unquote. As you could have guessed by now, I wasn't surprised by my score, though I thought it'd be higher. I probably never considered grades below an A in achievement. Her next question, or what it takes to make privilege visible, 
kind of baffles me because only someone with a victim mentality focuses on others' privilege, on other circumstances. So I don't know what she meant. And the last question on whether the exercise could be different for students of other races is self-explanatory in my case because I've already gone over how I probably have more white privilege than she expected. Which leads me to my next point. It has to do with attributions. In psychology, and I also majored in, majored in psych, so bear with me. There are things known as attributions which answer the question of why is this happening? There are two main ones, internal and external. Internal attributions are given the positive occur- are given two positive occurrences, such as success. For instance, I'm successful because of my hard work. External attributions are given to negative occurrences, such as failure. For instance, I got an F because that professor hates me. The way we're biased about them is that we never really attribute positive occurrences to external factors or negative occurrences to internal factors. Meaning, we don't normally say, oh, I'm successful because of how the stars and planets were aligned when I was born, or, yeah, I got an F because I didn't study. I bring this up because I don't doubt that some out there might dare think I look like whiter or whatever as a way to explain my so-called privilege. But here's the thing that would be missing. I don't, I do not see myself as having any kind of privilege or as a victim. I just focus on living and getting better at what I do and making people happy that they know me. As a wife, I realize I have some privileges, but then again, so does my husband. I also have some privileges as a woman, as a daughter, as a doc mom, as a Hispanic, as a millennial, as a woodworker, as a conservative, and so on. But so do other men who aren't Hispanic, millennials, conservative, parents. You get the idea. It's all in how you react to your circumstances. Not how they tailor themselves to you. Just like I've been saying for a while now, stop the victim mentality and do your best. Once you're a victor and take charge, you'll find you can do way more with your life than you thought you could. Once you stop blaming others for your circumstances, you'll be free and so much able and have more power to do what you want to do. Again, once you're a victor, a victor, a victor, and take charge, right? Not a victim, but a victor. You'll do way more with your life than you thought you could when you were a victim. So what's your take? No, really, let me know what you think. Reach out on the show's brand new Twitter account at iMouthy on Twitter. I love chatting with listeners and readers. And that's it from me, everyone, for today. As always, thanks for tuning in, and I'll be back very soon. Until next time, make today great, and don't forget to visit podcast.anniesetso.com for show notes and more. Get in touch on Twitter at iMouthy. Bye. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Mouthy. If you like the show and want to know more or find the free resources we talked about, check out podcast.anniesetso.com. If you love this episode, head over to iTunes or Google Podcasts to leave a positive review and subscribe for free. Did I mention free? Thank you.